It's spooky season, but you know what's not scary? That's a great Android podcast player. And that is the Podcast Republic app, available on the Google Play Store. Thousands of good reviews, folks. Thousands of good reviews on that store. You download the app. You favorite your shows. They download right to your device. It's that easy. It's straightforward. You've heard me talk about it. Go see it for yourself. The Podcast Republic app on the Google Play Store. Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Power. And with me, as always, continuing the spooktacular 2019 is a man who, well, let's face it, doesn't spend that much time around weight machines. The Macho Mandrew. Andrew Lano. And no, fun fact. So here's a fun fact. I might out myself if anyone official is listening to this. So I got a Planet Fitness membership like three years ago, and uh, I had like a nice job. So I was like, I'll spring for the nicer one so I can go to other Planet Fitnesses instead of just the one down the road from my house. And then uh, I got that in like May, and then I used it sporadically. And then October came for Halloween. I was like going to the gym a lot so I could get in like Halloween shape. And there was one week where I went like four days in a row. And then went on a fifth day and like swiped my card. And the guy at the front desk was like, hey, can you scan again? I said, sure. And I scanned again. He's like, what's your phone number? So I gave it to him. And he's like, I'm not seeing you have an account in our system. And I was like, I'm really not trying to be a jerk, but this is literally the fifth day I've been here this week to this specific Planet Fitness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what's wrong. And he was like, it's not. He's like, I'm not seeing that you have an account with us at all. Have you ever been charged? And I was like, probably, I don't know. I came in, gave you the check because it's not credit card based. It's like debit. It's like bank based. And he was like, well, can you pull up your bank thing? And I, I now I'm starting to sweat because I'm like, uh oh, what if yeah. I'm flying under the radar? And I was like, yeah, yeah. no, I can't. I'll do that when I get home. And so he's yeah. like, okay, just go in. Because now there's a line behind me. He's like, just go in yeah, now. Yeah. So I go to a machine I start, and I like instantly pull up my bank account and see that sure. I have never been charged by Planet Fitness. Ever, but your thing worked. My thing worked. I've been. I used the the tanning bed a couple times. I used the. I've been to other Planet Fitnesses, and then I was like so paranoid to go back because I was like, this guy's gonna see me there, yeah. and like try. I'm like, I'm gonna get retroactively charged for these like two this like year of shit that I've never paid for. Right, so like right. I and then I went home and I looked I, like went through on the computer no bank statement and then i tried to like make my register my account with planet fitness online to register for classes wouldn't let me do that because it said my number wasn't valid and so i was like i don't know what's happening and i just never went back to planet fitness it's like they just corrected the error in the system like the computer was like hey this person's been coming in and they don't have an account we'll just we'll just delete them right well it's a good thing that planet fitness isn't as high tech as the spa in death spa because if it were you'd be killed for such a thing they would in honor of that fantastic segue, I'll tell you this. We watched Death Spa, so you know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's your incomplete film. Please see me after class. Something's gotta be done about your incomplete film. Please see me after class. <laughs> when the mega powers explode. <laughs> Get away from me! Dad, where the hell is the bar, bro? 
we say it a lot that the movie doesn't explain that or it would be nice yeah, if yeah, the movie yeah. told us. I think this is the most egregious, like flagrant disregard for the movie giving you information. It's literally an incomplete film. Yeah, it does seem very much like it was shot to be one thing and they edited it into another thing. Yes. So the title for this movie in Europe is, and I swear I'm not making this up, Witch Bitch. <laughs> I like which that. Is a, which is a significantly more accurate title for what this movie is. Because w- while it is about a spa full of death, it is, it's a movie about witches. So is it? I didn't get witches. She's a witch. I thought she was a ghost. No, I'm pretty sure she's a witch. So on Wikipedia, it's like a two-sentence description for the plot, and it just says the late wife has committed suicide and is possessing, you know, gym equipment at a high-tech gym. So I went into this thinking, okay, it's a paranormal, you know, hoop-to-do review, whatever. Spooky, yeah, yeah. But, like, it's going to be, like, technology-based, which I was, like, super 80s that, like, ghosts are going to invade your VCR and, like, strangle you with the VCR tape or VHS tape. That's not what happened. This movie is so confusing. It's, it is deeply confusing. The reason I go witches over ghosts is because I thought I got like a very supernatural, like the show Supernatural Witch vibe out of this. Like if they had found a hex bag, like there's totally could have been a scene where they found a hex bag in the gym. <laughs> I agree. Yes. Now thinking about that, but I, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain she was a ghost of some kind. Okay. Well, given that the alternate title is Witch Bitch, I think that I'm right. <laughs> Just saying. I'm just saying. Like, I don't know that the movie tells us that, but uh, I think the the movie wants that to what it is. I don't... This movie doesn't know what it wants. This movie is a 14-year-old child. It does not know what it wants. But we open on... uh, I... On what I love is late 80s, early 90s neon signs that were like... The font was super cool looking. And it just... Yeah, it was really cool. It reminded me of um, Batman Returns when uh, Selena Kyle has in her apartment this neon sign that says hello there and when she becomes catwoman she breaks the o and the t and it becomes hell here because the i don't remember what the hell the actual spa is called but it the neon lights break so that it just says death spa yeah it was something something uh, hell the, spa yes the director says ghost by the way okay so uh, i guess we'll go with ghost although again it is called witch bitch album. But yeah, this is one of those weird movies where I was stunned. Uh, you mentioned the Wikipedia. Like, I was stunned at how little information was on it because this seems like the kind of movie that would have like this exhaustive plot synopsis. Agreed. But no. And I was I was baffled. Yeah. Um, so I guess this one's a little, little too unsung. And I also had the problem. I talked about this when I was telling folks what movie was next last episode. But there's another movie called Killer Workout. Which probably would have been better. It's not. So I started, I, I literally, I watched this one. I you pulled a Muppet movie, it. Great Muppet Caper situation? No, 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 no. I, I watched this movie first, and then I was like, you know, it's Halloween time, I'm doing my Halloween binge watch. And I was like, oh, let me throw on the other one, because we haven't recorded it yet, and Andrew probably hasn't even watched it yet. So if this one's way better, we'll just switch it. And I fell asleep. <laughs> okay, fair. So they're equally, they are, you know, I think they are probably on equal level in terms of like production and, and whatnot. Gotcha. My Spooktober has been a Serial Mom and Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, which were two movies I'd never seen before. And I don't know how I hadn't seen them before. Yeah, I'm surprised on the first one. So I will say, though, that the last half hour of this movie is awesome. So it takes a long time to get cool. I would say last 15, 20, cool. but yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Fine. But still, like the the last fifteen twenty of this movie is better than some whole movies we've done. Like several. I whole suppose movies we've done. I, my problem is that like that last fifteen to twenty is so mired down in the fact that I don't understand the rules of what's happening. Well, there are no rules. Okay. That's that's where you've gone astray. Well, there I'm no not rules. at an outback. I'm yeah. watching a movie. <laughs> is that still their slogan? I don't know. I say it a lot. Um, like whenever I do a, like a weekend getaway with people and they're like, what are we going to do? And I'm like, I don't, I'm not, I don't, th- I have one activity planned. The rest of the weekend is up to you. No rules. Just right. Um, this, this gym looks like a pop-up art installation for Instagram use only. It does really look like a thing that people would pay money for. Uh, speaking of, I, uh, this is a tangent already, but, uh, there's a thing here in DC that I was, I was just, I was looking for a restaurant. Happy place. For a group on. No, um, there's a pop-up thing. I guess it's in Virginia. I think it's McLean, Virginia. But there's a pop-up thing. Or I assume it's a pop-up thing called like the Selfie Museum or the Spooky Selfie Museum or something like that. I don't remember the real name. But I looked at the Groupon and it's like a big alligator you can stick your head in and take a picture with, like fake one, obviously. Yeah. A coffin that you can get in, like a torture rack. It's just like different things you can take pictures in front of or on or whatever and it's even with a groupon was like 15 bucks or something and i was just thinking like man this is a weird ass world we live in so there's one in um it's and it's more it's it is the whole like selfie situation but it's also an art installation and they have said since april that it's going to go on tour and i've yet to hear a tour announcement so i don't believe them but it's called i like scary movies and they have, uh, originally it was a Beetlejuice room, F- Nightmare on Elm Street, The Shining, The Lost Boys, and Friday the 13th, I think. Uh, I think only three-fifths of those are uh, scary movies. Who would say that? Beetlejuice? It's playfully Me, spooky. I, I don't think, I I like scary movies. If you if, if I if look, I don't I don't like gatekeepers. I try not to be one. But if someone was like, I love scary movies, I was like, me too. What's your favorite? And they said Beetlejuice. I'd be like, all right, I don't I I, I don't know what to do with that. Is what I'm gonna say. I'm just not like a you're not a real fan. But I would call that a comedy. I don't know. It's a it's a dark comedy, spooky comedy. Um, but it's like you they have the the pieces from the waiting room so there's a couch with a shark attached you can stick mm-hmm. your leg in you can be the upper half of the sod and half lady you can be like trapped under a giant freddy glove uh and it went away and then came back and they dropped the lost boys room and added a penny or it room i think mm-hmm. but i'm like go on tour already where is it la Oh, okay. because if it was new york i would like probably just go the second time but like oh. it's all the way in la yeah that's far uh, they could fly us out. We could go look at it if they want. If they want that, we'll do a special pod for that. If anyone, it, they have to pay for the flights though. Connected is listening, please. Um, so we get a much like we're killing time. We need this this episode. This movie spends a long time killing time to get started, and it's. I didn't do a minute by minute count here, but you know you got a long credit sequence after this spooky failing neon sign thing, which I, I always love that. Um, it's this long dance sequence, like a lot of leotards, a lot of like. It's not numbers. even set to music. Like, it's not like in Footloose when he's dancing through the, the warehouse or Flashdance when she like turns on her boombox and starts dancing in her living room. It's just like set to the spooky 
It's not even set to it. It's just a woman dancing and we hear a spooky score. Like, give me something. It is a weird thing. I th- I'm sure it's a licensing music issue. Like, then just like, there's there's no way royalty free didn't exist in 80 in 89 yeah yeah i'm sure i'm sure you're right give me literally anything because i was just like i'm watching this woman writhe around all sweaty to your film score right uh and then this guy marvin comes in and he like makes her leave the the dance studio i guess ken forey yes yes ken forey um and then we get full frontal nudity in less than six minutes five minutes 40 seconds i clocked it (laughs) i was flabbergasted lecherous the quickest, exploitative nudity it's definitely the quickest nudity we've had on this show i think so yeah i mean you can't get much faster uh speaking of our side podcast dudity i saw a gif today on uh twitter that someone was like remember how we thought home video was amazing and then it just kept getting better well this is what terminator looks like and it's Arnold, like, getting up from the crouch and walking. Yeah. And you can see his pee <gasps> just, like, all over the place. And it was, like, uh, you know, they lit it in such a way that for VHS you couldn't see it. You probably couldn't even see it all that well. I guess you probably saw it well in the theater. But now that it's on Blu-ray, it's just like, oh, there it is. I'm, I wonder if that was a body double. Oh, no. it's, it's he's, He walks. Oh, it's walks. face? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, it's, you, like, he... It's Arnold Schwarzenegger walking like some semi toward the camera. It's like the uh, the Buffy remaster that shows the crew and the lights. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, that that show uh, is not ready for high definition. You no. should watch Buffy in four by three with um with uh, bit of a grain filters on some grain. Yes. Um I think part of that crew visible stuff is just a poorly done master where it's like some of the shots for that show were composed for four by three television, which means like they knew where the frame was and then they just put crew on the edge of it. So if you just like open the frame to, to a widescreen, it's yeah. like, yeah, they're visible crew. Cause you did a shitty job. Um, so I have another issue with this scene and that is that it takes place inside a sauna, which like as someone who sweats a lot, I don't really understand the, I, the appeal of the sauna. Uh, but whatever, if it's your thing, that's fine. But what I, what I do think is very weird is this actress is just like rubbing her sweat around on her body. I told you, it's, it's lecherous, gross, gross, oh, it is. gross. But like, yes, totally get it. And like, I get the like disgusting, you know, guy being like, yeah, just rub, rub your sweat around on you. Like creepy guy wants this done in his movie. Or the producer or whomever. But, like, from a logistical standpoint, why would anyone do that? It'd be so gross. I don't know. I mean, I've never really been a... I've never been in a sauna, so I don't really know the... But you've, like, been very sweaty before. And, like, you know, trying to wipe sweat off your face or something with your hand is not, like, a pleasant experience. I mean, I have done that where you're like, oh, I'm so gross. And you're like, oh, that didn't really do anything. Yeah. And then your hands also covered in your grimy sweat. Which, see, if I'm that sweaty, my hands are probably also sweaty. Sure. Well, she's all sweaty. She's sweaty between her toes in this scene. Yes. Uh, and we get a what I thought was a real quick kill when I and turns out no, she's just blinded. I guess. Yeah, I thought she was dead, and I was very yep. confused when she shows up later with two eye patches, and it's like. I've been blinded by the sauna. And I was like, wait a minute. This should not have, what this should have been was she was swimming in the pool and she got like chlorine kicked into her eyes. So this, it was chlorine vapor is what they say. 
Yeah. Which blinded her. But also, if it's chlorine vapor, you're breathing chlorine. Right. Which I'm assuming just, like, isn't good for you. I'm assuming that doesn't go in your lungs. Right. And also, I'm pretty sure you don't chlorinate saunas. Well, I think that's why I thought it was, like, a technology ghost situation where it was, like, the pump room and it, like pulled the chlorine from that pump into the this pump right there is an a trying to think of the best adjective there is a watchable version of this concept if there's if someone spent it's called final destination maybe a day and a half on the script i mean it's called final destination no i don't even well that's to me that's completely different like that's death getting people back the move it like taking that plot element out of it. This is just the same idea of like let's make some Rube Goldberg contraptions to kill people. I mean, I can I do see the similarities, but I think there's more. I think I don't know. I see differences that I can't quite verbalize at this moment because this move like if this movie was simply this guy cheated on his wife, she killed herself. Now she's a ghost haunting the spa. I think they owned together or he owns. Yeah, they owned it together. She is now haunting it and using it to kill people to, like, make him lose his business and his money. I mean, that's the plot. Except there's also the uh, fact that some of the mur- some of the things were done by actual people who he knows, like his current partner and his lawyer. Some of the things were done by the gay computer guy. Sometimes it's a ghost. Sometimes it's not. Like, so th- I-, I want the movie to just be... It's a ghost doing things. That's it. Maybe she possesses someone, but like you can't do all four fucking things in your stupid movie and think it's finished. So, see, I guess I differ in that, like, I think what you described as what you want to be is the plot of the movie. And those other things are just wrinkles. So, like, it is about this ghost possessing it because, like, the partner who tries to sabotage it just helps the ghost but ultimately the ghost is the one who's behind all the stuff no because he they seemed to know that there were things wrong like oh this like the, the, i think the ghost was only responsible for like 75 percent of what happened and 25 percent was the people and they were just like the other stuff we're just happy with like when no, he I, when I, he I, confronts I them they make it sound like well we did these things right but what i'm saying is everything they do the ghost does a yes and to it so like the guy does the thing where he leaves his watch behind. The ghost makes that more powerful than what he does. Well, then I don't understand what they were trying to accomplish. Like they, so it's so this is so. Well, no, I mean like specifically in the instant. Like then show me. Oh, we're gonna do this so that the sauna gets too hot and she runs out and like upset. And See, then I thought we- that was the ghost. Well, no, because the woman says that that door didn't have a lock. So like that implies that they were trying. Again, I'm so <laughs> effing confused because if if that is the case, then I want to see, okay, the people plan is the sauna gets too hot and she gets overheated and runs away and upset. The ghost turns that into now there's chlorine vapors and she's blind. Like, show me what it's supposed to be and what the ghost does to it. I mean, I don't, I don't have a cohesive argument for you. I think you're making a sound point. Thank you. So we get another workout montage after she goes to the hospital and it's like very much people doing nonsense. My favorite is the one, and this is in like every the trunk twist work. No, a tr- I get a trunk twist. Like I get to like just kind of loosen up your core and stuff. Like I get why you might do that. It feels good, you know, just to stretch those muscles out. But 
the one where the two people sit and they put their soles of their feet together and then they hold hands and then like one of them pulls the other one and leans backward and then they switch. It just seems like utterly useless as a stretch all over. No, not necessarily. I think it's sort of it's the it's the equivalent of some like you're doing you're in a V sit and stretching and someone's behind you pushing. Right, but that's not what they're doing. They're seesawing. So it's like back, forth, oh, back, forth. I didn't catch quickly. that. It's it's not like like what you described would make a lot of sense. Like if one person just like, all right, I'm going to slowly lean back and help you stretch your hamstrings and whatnot. And then you switched. They're just like left, right. Left. They're basically they're... sawing a, a log. Yeah. Or I was going to say operating one of those train things. Oh yeah. The hobo train car. We're getting some great eighties workout gear. Uh, yep. And I'm extremely high cut everything. Everything. I'm currently three episodes deep into American horror story, 1984. And it is a mess already. And it starts with a lot of like aerobic stuff, '80s workout gear. The um, the title sequence is a bop. If you if you YouTube it, listeners, because it's really fun, and the what they've put together for the title sequence is really enjoyable. It's a lot of that '80s workout gear and horror stuff. Is it meta or is it just that it's like a Jason movie? It's currently just a poorly j- done Jason movie because okay. after the at the end of the second episode. I'm like, oh, great, we're two hours into this, and basically we're at the 30, 45-minute mark of a regular Jason movie. Thank you. Thank you. But people are convinced that it's going to do a quick turn and be meta, and I just, at this point, would be angry because it doesn't make sense. Great. It is a great pilot, though, like always. Uh, So this guy, Freddy, he's lifting on the bench, and he uh, lifts way too much to impress a lady. Okay, I couldn't r- figure out if I wrote a lady or a name. Um, it looks like I went back and tried to put a name there and didn't finish it. Um, this has been Trip Can't Read His Own Handwriting. Uh, the names are incidental in this movie. Yeah, I mean, they are. But the problem is it's tough to keep the, the story straight as you do this podcast without some sort of. Um, but he lifts way too much to impress a lady, which is always it's a classic gag. And then there's. Like, we cut to the control room, and this beefcake is, like, riding this exercise bike, and they increase the resistance on the bike, which seems like a thing that shouldn't be able to be controlled from, like, a central unit. Unless (laughs) it is a Peloton class, then, like, that shouldn't be a thing. Right. But also, even in those classes, like, I've never taken a spin class, because, like, look at me, but the, the, the ones that I've seen or, you know, been been near... It's like, all right, turn it up to 11, and they, like, tell you to adjust your dial. It's not like the instructor is like, all right, click, and now we're at a level that may or may not be comfortable for you. Oh, see, I remember seeing a commercial for a machine, and it, I thought the guy in the, com- the, like, instructor in the commercial was like, and we're going to take, oh, I get it. He said, we're going to take it up to 11, so my brain was like, oh, the machine adjusts automatically. Yeah, I think it's I think it's like you're supposed to follow the instructor's instructions, but if you're not in a good enough shape to do so, you should, like, adjust it to where Modified. it's, like, yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, again, I'm not the one to ask this, but so the cops show up and they're investigating the quotes quote dissolved girl, which then made me even more confused because I was like, okay, she dissolved in there. Like the sauna got so hot, it just melted her. Like one, this place would never smell good again. No, and two, how did she come back later? And it's only blind if the cops said she was dissolved. Like. No part of her was dissolved. No, not at all. Because also, it's temporary blindness. So even, it's not like her eyes got dissolved. Right. 
Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like, it, nothing was dissolved at all. Um, the policewoman is uh, an actress from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which I don't have a connect- strong connection to, so I don't really know much about her. The, 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 well, I guess it's not his sister. Well, it's Carlton's sister. And uh, I think she had, she had another big thing that I can't remember off the top of my head. Wait, no, it's not the cop. Isn't it? I thought it was the lady cop. No, the, the lady cop is Rosalind Cash, um, who actually, we were just talking about the Omega Man with Charlton Heston yeah. not too long ago. She's the woman who uh, gets fully naked in that movie, actually. Oh. She's the, the female lead, but the, the one, the nudity I was referencing in the previous. No, um, Karen Parsons is from Fresh Prince. Um, she was Hillary. Um, her She's a character named Brooke, who's like a pretty small part in the movie. Oh, she's, she's one of the clients. Oh, okay. Was she one of the, the this one? Maybe I'm having a hard time keeping. There's only a handful of people of color in this movie. Right. right. So we go to the, we go to the pool and there's like a, you know, underwater swimming thing, which I was surprised by just because that's expensive. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, I mean, maybe they just put the camera in a plastic tub and like pushed it a little bit. (laughs) It's entirely possible. They just like wrapped it in a bag. Um, And then this woman is ascending the diving board and we can see like this screw invisibly turning underneath, which is always a gag that I enjoy. And this is where Uh, I went, wait, why? What? I thought it was technology based ghost. (laughs) And so this woman jumps like 42 times on the diving board. It is entirely like that little kid who's a little bit afraid at the public pool and is like Uh psyching themselves up to do it. And it's just like bounce 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 like i've never seen someone doing a dive do more than a double where yeah it's like you do too tap end of the thing and go maybe a third i guess although i think like professional diver diving boards don't have a bounce at all they're just well some do and some don't there's the platforms and there's boards oh i didn't realize there was a difference yeah yeah um but it's like you see the bolt unscrewing invisibly and then so she does her 47th bounce and then like falls into the water and I mean, credit to the movie. She's extremely safe. Like she falls in the water and then the board comes in after. And I was just like, I mean, this doesn't seem all that dangerous. And then when she pops out of the water, she's like, the board hit me or the board almost hit me. And I was like, oh, I guess that would be the part that got dangerous. Cause like, it just seemed like she fell. And then the board also fell adjacent to her in the water. Not like she fell in the board. I mean, in real life. Yes, that is what happened. And what the movie is trying to tell us is that she narrowly avoided death. Because right. this has all the bad movie staples, like incredibly dumb characters, like beyond like how do you get dressed in the morning, dumb characters. Mm-hmm. And they're all allowing things to happen to them. Like what it, mean? it feels very much like, like you said, she jumps 47 effing times on a diving oh, board. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then there's a guy who like later there's a uh, hang on later. There's a woman who like wanders into a dark basement and when the sprinklers go off, doesn't run out of the room. She like sure. runs in circle. It's a lot of like, what is like, it's too dumb. Yeah. And like, it just seems very willful. Like they just like, yeah. well, I guess I'll die. Yeah. No, I, I don't think you're wrong. It is. It, but again, like that's why I think this movie is basically final destination. Yeah. But I don't know. I think at least with final destination, there's a like an element of like, Oh, they try and do X, but then death has, you know, contingency plan b and then like they try and get over that and then like like the the guy with the magnets and the microwave on the fire escape and the noodles i don't remember that one what one's that in? he like i think it's the second must be in, like part four no it's like part two it's like second one i think 
he's like microwaving noodles and a magnet falls into the noodles before he microwaves them until he doesn't see it. Yeah. And then uh, it catches fire and he's like, whoa, and he throws the noodles out, out the window. And but then like something else has caught fire in the meantime, he tries to put it out and he's like running, like trying to avoid like being burned up, trying to put out his, you know, the fire and it's consuming his whole apartment. And you think he's going to like fall on this knife and then he doesn't. And then he jumps out the window and he's like, oh, I'm safe. And then he slips on the noodles and he he lands on the fire (laughs) escape and the um, the uh, the ladder ladder comes comes sliding down. It comes within an inch of his eye and he's like. (sighs) <sighs> and I think he like hits the thing and then it hits him in the face. Uh, I remember that. I remember the ladder gag. As soon as you got there, I was like, yep, I have seen this. Uh, I'm due for a Final Destination rewatch, I think. It's been a long time. I wish I could. <laughs> you don't like it? Remember we had this whole anxiety discussion? Oh. That yeah. like it's. They're, I think they're all on Hulu right now. And the problem is that like I kind of in there was a, a, an enjoyment to this like silly you know whims like it was whimsical fantastical Rube Goldberg machines yeah but like sometimes I'm just like my anxiety clicks too much and then I can't enjoy the movie because I'm just like these people are dying yeah interesting that I, maybe that's why you're so like pushing because I think Despa is extremely extremely Final Destination-y, and it's interesting that you're pushing back on that I think it's close but. Not this, but not enough of like a very clear, consistent presence that wants to do something. Yeah, I mean, I think the difference is like what I'm saying is, <laughs> Final Destination is about people getting killed in funny, weird ways, and also Death Spa is a movie about people getting killed in funny, weird ways. Like, yeah, if you're gonna, this, yeah, if you're gonna boil it down like that, then yes. I mean, I think it's pretty safe to boil both of those movies down to that. But anyway. Um, also, this movie is only four years before Jurassic Park, and yep. the two computer rooms are wildly different looking. Yes, uh, there's like a reel-to-reel tape machine in there, and like some big lights and stuff. It again, I, 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 this is like the third time I've, I referenced this on the podcast in like the past two months, but it looks like the computer from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, it really does have a very Willy Wonka vibe. So the cops are investigating this diving board. Ken Forey is also on the case investigating what's going on at the club. Uh, he needed a bigger the, part. Yeah, he he is really wasted in this movie, especially how, given how bad all the other actors are. Like, make right? Ken Forey the lead cop or something. Like, give him a juicier part. Um the this woman comes to visit the owner of the club and she has these really creepy like I think she calls them Tweedledee and Tweedledum, but they're not like any Tweedledee and Tweedledum I've ever seen. They're just like but jester costumes. Like, yeah, they're they're matching or maybe they're not matching, maybe they're alternating jester costumes, like black and white jester costumes. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's the partner. Yes. And then we go from that to like he's having these weird dreams of a wheelchair on fire. And at this point, we don't know about the wife killing herself. A foggy, flaming wheelchair at dawn. Yeah. And it's like in the middle of a field, too. Like it's very much. uh, All we've uh, heard so far is a passing line of my wife. I think he said my wife. Either my wife is no longer with us or my wife committed suicide. We know the wife is dead. Yeah. But I don't think we know specifics. But there's like a real wicker man energy to these scenes. It's there like is very strange. Yeah. Given the rest of the movie. And that's probably why my brain was like, oh, it's about witches. Cause like there's extremely, extremely potent witch energy. In BWME. Segments. Yeah. Um, big wicker man energy. Oh, I thought it was witch. And I was like, well, what's the M it's like, well also, so there's kind of a throwaway line where one woman says like, 
oh yeah, his wife was really mean to me. So I'm like, was his wife just like a bitch? Did he cheat yeah. on her? Like, I want to know what happened there. Right. And the right. movie literally only sa- shows us she covers herself in gasoline in a wheelchair and lights herself on fire. And then there's one throwaway line later where she's like, I know that you think that we were cheating, but I've never, I would never do that. I cared for your sister too much. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Yeah. I, what is the actual thing that happened here? Yeah. I, this movie needed, it needed John Carpenter, a six pack and one night in a motel room. Yeah. I mean, it needed anything really. Also, I, like I said, I'm convinced that this was like cut to ribbons and editing. I mean, I guess. Like there were probably sub, there's probably a whole subplot and, explanation stuff that just got snipped out of this movie because it's an it's an 87 minute movie that's more like 80 right with yeah there's like two really padded sequences to get that up to 87 and i'm I'm like you know what else you can pad your movie with a few lines of dialogue yep some plot you know anything to explain what's happening give me a title i'll take a title card if it was literally five minutes of just a title card with like here's some information you need to know (laughs) a slow star wars scroll i i i would honestly take just static text for five minutes at this yeah. point um, um this guy in a mesh workout tank uh this gets hit on by a lady and he says i'm beta and you're vhs and that for bringing line did not age well for many line- many reasons no 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 that line was wrong when this movie came out because by 1987 vhs was the major format and beta was like barely existing do you think this was a, a trick-or-treat situation what do you mean? Like it got made in 85 and not released in 89? I mean, maybe, but two years. I can't imagine. I guess that, that would explain the cutting two theory that I have. But yeah, like I, I was like, wait a minute, 89? Like that, this format war had been decided by then. So I'm like jumping, I'm like reading through like articles about the history of VHS and beta and stuff like that. Well, and when yeah, did Back to is- the Future come out? What year was that? Uh, it was originally released in 85 okay. in theaters in 85. I don't know when it first did home well, video. I just know that I That's got you a beta max. Movies, right. Movies were still released on beta and stuff like that. But by 1989, like the war had been decided because porn had chosen VHS. It was like the HD DVD versus Blu-ray. Right. Except, you know, the consequences were, 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 was decided uh, by the porn industry. Yeah. But the, you know, there were still companies making, you know, both of them into the 90s, but it just seems like, like, beta was the superior format. So, like, nerdy AV people were like, oh, this should be the winner. But, like, that's, like, if a nerd had said this line, it would have been on brand. Oh, the schlubby guy. Like, if the schlubby guy in the gym? Yeah, if he'd been like, I'm beta and you're VHS, where it's like, I am a nerd that knows the superior data formatting specs of the beta makes it the superior thing, even though it's not the popular thing. Like that's a believable line in your movie. But when the jock says it, it's just deeply confusing. Yeah. Um, they show a woman that I thought was Winona Ryder for a second. And I was like, we got yeah. Winona. Yeah. The, the, are you talking about the juice bar? Yeah. In profile, she looks so much like Winona Ryder. Yeah, definitely. She does. And they showed head on. She, and I was like, womp, womp. she also, she plays literally the most dangerous joke you could possibly play. Yes. And it comes back. I mean, it's Chekhov's blender. Right. She's making somebody a smoothie and then she like reaches in. There's no top on the blender while it's running. And then she reaches her hand into it while it's running. And then like 
screams and like pulls back with like a ketchup packet and there's just like you know air quotes blood spurting everywhere and the person she does it to is like uh what the hell and she's like ah ha, ha it's so funny but like you stuck your hand into a whirring blender like what are you thinking also the uh fake blood sh- the like goop that comes out with whatever ketchup comes out looks the same as all the other blood we see in this movie so how are yeah. we supposed to know it's a joke exactly so um my girlfriend has one of those ninja blenders. Do you know what they are? It's like they got like the a, the top with the thing, right? Yeah. So the blades are in the. You screw the. You. It's like a like a pint glass kind of thing. You screw this top on that has the blades attached, and then you flip it over and you put it into the base, and it makes. Wait, it like a like a like a new like a, sort of like a magic bullet. Sort yeah. Of thing. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I couldn't remember that until you started talking about it. So I was putting it away the other day. And I hadn't quite screwed the two pieces together correctly. So when I dropped it into the base, I was left holding the uh, the cup part in my hand and the blades were in the thing. My friend, oh, that's, my friend has the same thing and that always happens to me. Okay, so I literally was like, oh, I got to grab that. And I was like reaching toward the blades and then my brain was like, hey, hey, hey. You've literally watched this happen over and over and over again. Unplug it. And then I unplugged it and pulled it out. But it was just like, literally my first thing was like, oh, I got to get those. And like, I'm assuming it has a safety device in which like you need the, the, the it has to be twisted. Well, yes, but it could have twisted at me touching it. But also the cup has like a sticky outy part. That's what I mean. The cup, the sticky outy has to twist. And if there's no sticky outy, it won't run. Yeah, but I was like, I'm going to unplug this anyway because I, did I too. like this hand. But yeah, I was, it was like, oh, this is like this movie. Uh, so then the our lead, Michael? Is it Michael? His it's Michael. Michael. Goes to his office and there's a dead bird in his office. It's more like a fetus. It's, it's like, like a weird... by loot. Is that what that, yeah, that food yes, is? Yes, yeah. And he immediately assumes the, the gay... type of bird, right? Yeah, it's the, it's the egg, the bird and the egg in the yeah, Philippines. Yeah. Yes, where the people eat. It's like an embryo Vietnamese? in the shell. I don't know what country they eat it in, and I don't want to guess for fear of sounding racist. Yeah. And so he like immediately assumes his gay ex-brother-in-law did it. And I was like, why would he? Like, why a bird? <laughs> yeah. Why would this be the thing? And then we learn later that there is a symbolism to the bird, but it's like the audience doesn't know that yet. You haven't told it to us. Yeah. Uh, we. So we, the next scene was it's cast... Been- from a porn studio. It has been 27 minutes since we saw breasts, so you know what that means. It's nipple o'clock. But it's like the used car salesman commercial of boobs. <laughs> we got all we got all kinds of boobs. <laughs> Any boob you want. No credit, no problem. We got a boob for you. <laughs> Big ones, small ones, in between. Yeah, it's just a shower. It's like the beginning of Carrie, but gross. Because, like I said, they were cast from a porn studio. Oh, 100%. These are adult actresses. At least according to IMDb. So whatever that means. When I say adult, I mean porn. Capital just A adult. Just to be clear. I, they are also adults, but they are also porn. Um, And so, once again, the showers start spraying something that I guess we assume is chlorine, but who's to say, really? It could really just be steam in this particular scene, but then the tiles all start shooting off the wall. And you can see the air cannons behind each tile. Oh, yeah. There's like a little like a barrel of a gun, basically. Yeah. And so, again, I'm just confused as to how this ghost works. 
So the guy goes over to console these women who were just attacked by the shower, and he like puts his hand on the one shoulder and is like, hey, I want you to know that I'm going to extend your membership for two months for free. And they're both like, okay. And I would have been like, uh, no, they're not okay. They're okay. Their response is, want to have a threesome tomorrow? <laughs> but like, I think my response would be, uh, no, sir. What is going to happen is you are going to give me back all of the money that I have remaining on my contract and we're going to cancel it out. And I'm Actually, not going to, you're just going to give back all the money I've ever given you. Yeah. Like that's what we're going to do. <laughs> well, yeah, I was assuming they'd been members for a while, but if it was, if it was anything less than a year, like, yep, I would like my refund. Please. And thank you. Yeah. Or I will dispute the charge on my credit card. Like I did with movie pass. So we go to the chest machine and this is directly ripped from final destination. Well, vice uh, versa. Three. Yes, sorry. This is sorry. Final Destination directly rips this off. Is the third one the one with the tanning beds? That's the yes. the roller coaster, right? Yes. Yeah. The roller coaster has the tanning beds. Um. So there, he's doing the chest, you know, machine where you like put your hand, forearms up behind these pads and squeeze them together in front of your chest. My football coach I'll, I'll used to just whenever anybody would use that machine would be like, "We must, we must, we must increase our bust." <laughs> That's from something, it isn't stuck it? In my head. It must be. It must be. But uh, he's this guy's doing it, and like the things keep ratcheting up. It reminds me of the scene in the Nightmare on Elm Street one that we did that had the weight. It's very uh, similar. The bench press thing. So the the but, whole the appeal of this gym we should have, we didn't mention it really is that the whole yeah. thing is computerized tip to tail, and you have a card that like remembers your identity it's basically magic bands at disney world <laughs> it's actually i think a cool piece of technology i'm surprised no one has tried to figure it out at a gym but you basically have a profile so when you go to a machine you just tap it and the machine is like oh this is trip and this is how much weight he wants on this yeah and it also like it's how you access your lockers and stuff like that yeah. um so as he's doing it the machine talks to him and is like wait it's like the <laughs> the carousel of progress where it's like temperature increase to 100 degrees or whatever yes Yes. Um, and so it keeps increasing the weight until it like suspends your disbelief because yeah. somehow this weight machine pushes his arms back so far that his ribs butterfly. Yeah, it's really stupid. Like if either he should be popped open like the turkey in Christmas Vacation. Oh, I wish. Or his arm should come off. This movie doesn't have if this movie had enough budget for really gross effects. I would have been way more entertained and like would have been able to write off a lot of this nonsense. But as this is happening, a, he could have just like moved his arm. Like your arms are at a 90 degree angle at your sides. And you can do this facing up. What you could do is straighten your arm to a 180 degree angle or just drop your elbows to your waist. And then drop like there's options here. Right. But instead it's pushing so far that we see, one single ketchup packet's worth of blood squirt out on his left rib cage, and then he yeah. just slumps over dead. Right. Uh, I needed more than that. I needed a. I needed like a a lot. Of, I needed at least a lot of blood, which is very cheap to produce. Just get yes. some corn syrup. Yeah. Uh, we go from this to it's dinner, and it's Michael and the blind woman, and this is supposed to be a sexy scene. If your I script think. involves, he sexily draws an asparagus across her lips. <laughs> Hit the backspace button for one yes. hour. It literally was only the the soundtrack away from being a naked gun thing. Yeah, it was like that wasn't. Didn't we talk about the feather scene in uh-huh. that movie? The forty in, days, forty nights. Oh, forty days, forty nights. Yes, where Josh Hartnett and uh, I can't remember the actress's name. He like gets her off with the single feather. 
Mm-hmm. Or rose or a flower or something. Rose petal, rose petal, rose petal. But anyway, he he picks up this asparagus and it like dangles limply. Like <laughs> it's this sad dangly asparagus. And he just like rubs it on her bottom lip and she's like cooing at him. And then he's like, here, take a bite and kind of like pushes it into her mouth. And I was like, I get what you're doing, movie, but you're using all the imagery incorrectly. Yeah, this is not the way to do this. Um, so we cut back to the gym, and the pacing of this movie is terrible across the board. The last 20 minutes are paced horribly, but like the whole movie's pretty paced, ba- paced pretty badly. So we cut back to the gym, and I think this is the woman from uh, Fresh Prince, I would think. Yeah, I think so. She thinks someone is in the locker room with her and then all the lockers start like vibrating and like shaking and so she wanders around until all of a sudden a harpoon shoots through out of a locker and into her neck no it's a harpoon it's a full-on harpoon what this scene needed was five minutes earlier to show someone swipes their card the locker opens and a and like a, a the curtain rod shoots out with their clothes on it yeah to show like oh this is how this works this is a thing uh-huh. in this gym yep and that would have been so easy to rig up practically too mm-hmm. where are my kyoto brothers right they would have killed if they had the, this movie they also ripped this kill off directly from kevin bacon and friday the 13th the, yes like, arrow through the neck it's mm-hmm. definitely the same kill um so then he brings the blind woman to the gym this is the weirdest sequence of the movie i think and they're all pretty weird but this one in particular it's utter nonsense he brings the blind woman to the gym in the locker room and he's like stay here i have to go access the computer terminal so you can get access to your locker if you have access to the terminal just open her locker and bring her stuff home right it's very easy easy peasy she's blind she can't see it anyway yes so he he did you have to ask the computer, please, when you typed in programs, do you know? Uh, no. No, you don't know, or no, you did not? No, you did not have to say please and thank you. Because he would say, like, please run this program. And I was like... Well, that's because his his wife is in the computer already. But he doesn't know that. Yeah, I guess. Um. So then, of course, next spear is in the blind woman's locker, and something's happened to her eye. Right. And I don't know what. Yeah, it doesn't really explain it. And then they somehow open the locker and she can't sense the dead woman in it, even though that, like there's a freshly opened wound on this body. Yeah. And then he sees a, a woman walking down a hallway in like a black dress and a blonde wig. And he runs to see her. And it's just a person from the gym in their Mardi Gras costume. Yeah. And she was like trying to scare them as a goof. It's I don't. Very silly. Don't get it. Uh. Also, Michael can get it. He is hot. (laughs) Uh, You say that because of the subsequent scene where he's sitting in a rocking chair in a Speedo. Speedo, (laughs) chest hair all out. He's like, um, who, who, he's Magnum, P.I. Tom Selleck. Thank you. He's like full, full bear. Um, And this is where we see his ex-wife cover herself in gasoline and light herself on fire. And I was like. Oh, we're going to keep slowly showing more and more of this till we realize sure. Michael did it or like right. Michael's responsible or right. literally any information about her suicide. Just something to explain what's happening in this movie. But instead, what we get is he goes to talk to his blind girlfriend and she's like, what's wrong? And he's like, oh, it's another bad dream. I think I'm having a nervous breakdown. Well, good night. 
and just like rolls over and goes to sleep. It's, it's very much the really written dialogue. Um, and then he sees that he, he's like, I'm going to consult a paranormal investigator. And I was like, if this movie turned into Ghostbusters right now, my kingdom for a Venkman. <laughs> so he goes to this guy and he's doing this like whole spiel about this thing and where it came from and whose object it was and blah, 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 blah. Psychometry. Blah, blah. Right. Um, and then he looks over the dead wife's brooch and he starts doing the same thing. Like, oh, he lost a baby in labor and then she set herself on fire. And I really like that Michael is skeptical. He's like, yeah, all that was public knowledge and you had my name. Like you could have easily just done research in the library. <laughs> But like, if he's skeptic, then why did he go to a psychic? I think I think he wants. I think he's like willing to try anything, and he's like, if that's the best you got, I'm leaving. Well, then I. But like, it's not like the movie established Michael was a skeptic or that this was like a last ditch effort. It's just like he. Oh, he thinks it's a ghost. He goes to a, a parapsychologist, and then he's yeah. like, I don't believe you. And I'm like, then why are you here? Oh, I, I really dug this. I thought it was like I thought this was the character illustration of like he doesn't quite believe his thing and he wants like you gotta prove it to me. Do better than that. I guess. And then after this, because they like conspire that he's the paranormal investigator is gonna show up to the gym and like pre- pretend right. to be an insurance adjuster. Um and then we get this really out of left field scene where uh, we just see it. It looks like the opening of a movie where you just show things to set up the idea of what your movie is going to be about. Hold that for one second, because he does do that long bird's nest analogy that explains like why there was oh, yeah. a bird earlier. So I just wanted to, like the movie does eventually try to explain the bird thing. Yeah. So we get these like weird overhead shots of a bed and like makeup and stuff, and we hear someone talking to someone they refer to as Catherine, who's the dead wife, and it sounds like they're stooping. Yeah, and I'm just like so confused. Ghost boning happening right now. Was it who was it in Ghostbusters that was adamant that the ghost Dan, boning Dan Aykroyd was what? Wait, what, I don't know what you're gonna say. Who was adamant that the ghost boning had to stay in the movie because it was factually accurate? Oh, I've never heard that part. All I know is it's a deleted scene where they like are fighting ghosts at a like weird historic site which is why dan Aykroyd is dressed that way in that montage scene yeah well apparently i, th- so I think it was dan Aykroyd, or maybe it was he's a ghost he's a lunatic about ghosts so it would ex- it would be the logical person for him or maybe Bill Mar- i don't remember but it was some no, one it, of- it would if it's a thing about like ghost lore and the truth it's dan Aykroyd. then yeah because he was like i think he claimed his friend claimed he said that his friend claimed to be like blown by a ghost or something irl and so that's why he needed it in the movie <laughs> yeah he's into all that weird stuff that's why crystal skull vodka is in a crystal skull because he believes it has mystic powers oh so after the whole stooping catherine moment we go back to the gym and we really get some time to like visually explore this set and i have to say that it is the best part of the movie oh it, for sure this gym it, it's a it's all real stuff it looks cool the aesthetic is very con, is very solid and consistent and makes sense i was like oh i like this this is fun yeah also and I, this, this scene that leads from it like with this woman in the basement is real gnarly and definitely was where most of their budget went yes for sure um i just thought it was funny that like gyms are still just a place to show off and cruise it's just it's online now because there's people like standing around posing next to machines all sweaty. Yeah. And I'm like, and that's just them on their Tinder or whatever. Well, no, I'm saying in the movie, that's what they're doing. No, I know. I'm, I was just agreeing with you that like, it's the same thing now. Um, 
So the the three the two women who wanted to have a threesome with Michael for giving him a discount on their membership. Um, that's the other thing. If Michael's clearly cheating on the blind woman, that he's like, you should move in with me, then like, he probably cheated on his wife. Well, is he clearly cheating? Because they offered to have a threesome, and he said, yeah. Oh. He a hundred percent was like, well, I think yeah. I can make that work. Like, I mean, I can assume. Yeah. And then, um, so the woman is in the. It's like they're in the bathroom someone's blow drying their hair i was like oh let me guess someone's gonna catch fire from a blow dry like right, what right. stupid thing is gonna happen and instead the one woman gets a note from a very obviously hidden note passer uh-huh and i was like what is this new twist yes. in the plot <laughs> why isn't it written on the mirror with like in the steam like ghost or something it was like it's michael come to the basement follow this map and i was like that's you're an idiot for following that. Yeah. Because then, well, like, I mean, I would, if some, if I had gotten that note and I was hurt, I'd be like, oh, okay. And then I would open the door to the basement and see it's a gross, like, it's Freddy's boiler room and be like, you know what? Probably good. not worth it. Not, not, it definitely is. The sex with this guy is not going to be that good. No way. Um, But no, she goes down and she's like, you're really freaking me out, Chad. Um. And then the sprinklers, so then a door opens and it's just a spray paint, it's just a spray paint closet. It's like, yeah. have you ever seen the like official like paint lockers like that? No. So we have them, a lot of like theater departments and like set places have them. It's just a big yellow locker that says like flammable on it, whatever. And it, it like, you have to really turn the handle to open the door. And it's like that. It's like this big yellow cabinet that opens and I'm like, there's a ghost inside. Right. No, it's just spray paint. Yeah. And then acid rain happens from the sprinklers. Like this is where it would be. Okay. That's chlorine gas. Like this part I get. Yeah. And she runs around in circles and then just falls on the ground and is like, Oh, I'm hurt. And I'm like, but you're not like, and then she starts melting. Yeah. She, they have, it's really gnarly. They have two seconds of a really convincing shot. And the rest of the shots of the close up are just like, you put Alka-Seltzer tablets on her face and spray yep. her with water. Yeah, yeah. But I still think it's like top three deaths in the movie. Oh, for sure. For sure. So uh, David, the brother of the deceased ex-wife, who is the programmer of the computers, he visits the house with the blind lady. And he is Hall of Fame creepy while he's there. It's Michael's house. And it is a primo 80s nonsense house. Like the Dietzes from Beetlejuice would love this house. Yeah. It's got a it's shiny all... chrome door, weird, yeah. stupid angles. None of the furniture has armrests. It's just like t- the least comfortable place to be. But he corners this woman while holding a screwdriver and you think he's about to stab her. And then the doorbell rings and she's like, oh, that must be someone with the groceries. So he goes down, like gets the groceries and sends this woman away. Yeah. They play a lot of like, oh, he's definitely going to kill her. Um, and there's oh. this really awesome two shot here where He's like just shut the door and he's in the foreground looking like really menacing. And then she's in the background over his shoulder, like blind and lost and confused and looks really scared. And it's this like really cool, awesomely composed shot for this movie that does not have a lot of that. Exactly. But also he claims he was there to fix the computer and Michael knows about it. And you're like, oh, so he's just here to murder her. Then he doesn't murder her, but he was doing something on the computer and brought over tools and right. Michael didn't know he was coming, but we have no idea what he actually did. Right. And it's like, was his motive actually to fiddle with the computer or to kill her? Like, I don't understand. 
I was like, so are we going to get a moment where the computer's going to like do something? Like, wh- why was this here? If right. just to be an obvious red herring, or right. I guess not no, red obvious. herring? No, I think you're right. It's just like to throw you off the scent. But it's like half not. That's the thing. As we learn right, well, in like five minutes, that's not really off the scent. Right. Um, so Michael comes home and we think Lara is dead, but nope, she's just taking a nap on the couch, which a is a face down nap, out. you know? Yeah. You, it's like you do on a leather couch. <laughs> a face down nap with and, no pillow. With your mouth and nose directly against a leather couch. And this is where I thought, so the reason Michael wasn't home is because I thought he was boning that girl at the gym. Right. But I don't know. The movie didn't tell me. So they, someone upstairs at the gym takes AC control away from the computer system for some reason, somehow. Well, this, is, this is the lawyer sabotaging, and then he goes down to like the electrical panel and is trying to like break the AC so the gym gets really hot. Oh, is that what that was supposed to be? Right. This is Michael's lawyer. This is what I was saying to you before is like, I think Michael's lawyer like futzes with the AC and then the ghost is like, all right, you don't want AC? I'm going to make it literally an oven in here. And, but like, that never happened. People. Yeah, I was confusing the timeline of that and, and the acid rain bath. Yeah, um, because after the guy takes away the the AC power, whatever, the paranormal investigator goes down to the basement, sees a terrible looking dummy. He's also using actual Ghostbusters gear for this scene. Oh, I love it's the like, gear he was using. But then he goes down and he sees that woman. And you're right. It is a bad dummy. But they're giving her dialogue. Like, she's still alive, even though she's basically melted. And it is real fucked up. Well, also, she's been melted for hours. Right. So, so she, there's no been, way. But she's, like, in the context of the movie, she's just been lying in tortured agony for hours. Like, barely alive. Yeah. And so he runs away and then the ghost beats him up that's what i mean he tries to run away and all of a sudden we see Catherine, and she has super strength and i'm just lost yeah i'm just completely completely lost and then he pulls a gun and he shoots the gun and instead of it like firing a bullet the gun explodes and blows his hand off yeah so again what are we doing here what are the rules this is just a free-for-all I mean, this is ghosty. This is Mad Libs. This is ghosty stuff. But, like, establish what ghosty stuff is. Anything that seems weird. Remember how we loved uh, Beetlejuice that it made rules and played by those rules? Like, we want things to have a clear cut rule and follow those rules. Do whatever you want within those rules. Um, And she kills him. Yeah. Real quick. Uh, David has a, uh, not David, Michael has a suicide dream. Yeah, his wife, like, beckons to him on the balcony, and when he goes to her, he falls over it himself. And then he wakes up and is like, aha, this must mean the lawyer and my partner are in cahoots to sabotage the gym. And so he goes over in just a jacket and jeans with no shirt. Yeah, yeah. And it's like... It's a very weird choice for a movie. Like, haha, I've caught you both. And the partner's like, well, we've done the thing. And the lawyer's like, I don't know what she's talking about. And so da- uh, David, so Michael leaves... And then the, the woman, the partner is like, you're an asshole, lawyer. I'm leaving. And I was like, why are we doing this? Also, weren't you part of it? You were there when he was sabotaging that electric box. I think it's because he tried to, like, say he didn't know what she was talking about. Like, yeah, I guess. But again, like, what's the point of adding this? It doesn't add anything to the movie except runtime. Yeah, no, you're right. And then we cut to David who's having a conversation with his ghost sister. And well, he's like, they, like, tease it. Right, it's like they're a, doing like a Norman Bates thing. That's what they're trying to do. Yeah, and like, 
I read because I read online that uh, the How Did This Get Made podcast referred to a, like a transgender technology villain. Yeah, but like I wouldn't call this transgender because there's no, no anything of like that this is a thing for David. Like it's completely unclear as to what David's role in this is. David seems like a host for a ghost of a different gender, and that ghost dresses the way that it wants to dress. But it's not. But when we see Catherine, it's not David in a wig. But at one point, it is. Mm -mm, It's always. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Literally in the movie, it is not. But it is supposed to be. That is wildly unclear. There's a wig in the scene behind him, though, isn't there? Mm -mm, Because then later, there's a point where the the Catherine is cackling at the computer. And then Michael looks away and looks back, and it's David. Not David with the wig, just David. No, no, no. All that is true. I thought in this scene here where he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. Too many people are getting hurt that there was a wig on the table. There might have been. Maybe I'm misremembering. I don't remember. But, like, if the twist on the ghost thing is that, like, she died, but because she had a twin brother, that means that she has a vessel she can use because they're twins or whatever. That's an interesting angle explore that i agree with that yeah i agree with that but like instead it's this weird like what is happening because he's not possessed but he's possessed by her sometimes sometimes he shows up sometimes it's Catherine. i'm just very 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 confused it's also weird to me that he doesn't just like kill himself Uh, yeah like to me that's the answer here is you're like yeah all right well i've committed a bunch of murders that are gonna get tied to me I didn't have anything to do with them, but no one is ever going to believe that a ghost possessed me. So I might as well jump off a bridge. But that's the thing. Like so far, all the destruction we've seen hasn't been by, uh, it's all been ghosty. Right. Like there's not been like a person at a computer. It's just been ghosty stuff. And that's what I think that's, what's the most frustrating thing is that like, what are we trying to accomplish? Like, what do you, what do you as a filmmaker want me to take away from this movie? Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. The movie is kind of a mess. It's just frustrating. And, like, clearly this was there for shock value of, like, David's in a dress. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, but it's also just doing Psycho. Yeah. So the cops show up and the whole house is, like, covered in sheets, like, all the furniture. It feels like they feel, they've edited these scenes backwards. Yes. Because they're like, well, this is David's home. And it's all covered in, like, sheets. Like, clearly it's yeah, not yeah, lived yeah. in. And they're like, there's women's clothes here. What's happening? And I'm like, yeah. you already, you just told me. Right, right. We know, and I guess that's just to establish that, like, the characters are known now as opposed to the audience knowing, but it's a very odd choice. And the cop calls in, uh, he's probably, he describes David and then goes, probably a psycho, and he might be in drag. Yeah. Well, that's shortly after he finds uh, a burnt wheelchair and a pair of women's underwear on it. Oh, I did notice the underwear. I noticed the wheel, yeah. I saw the wheelchair, but I didn't notice the underwear. There's also a real great, uh, definitely not a man in a burn suit in a nightgown on fire moment. Yeah. yeah. It's like when Freddie put on 50 pounds in the first nightmare. The stunt is is performed by Andre the Giant and the actress is Winona Ryder. Yeah. It looks like a fun party. Like it's all decorated. The costumes are really fun. I knew you were going to say that. Because I like when, like, it's not a theme party specifically, but it like is like a, a fun, wild 80s party. Yeah, I thought it looked like a pretty mediocre spread. And also, I don't think I'd want to eat sushi in my gym. Oh, I would absolutely not want to eat sushi. I'm talking about, like, the dec- the decor and, like, the fact that everyone's in a nice costume. Yeah. Uh, so, they, yeah, they have, like, live sushi chefs cook, cut, cutting and preparing, not cooking sushi, cutting and preparing sushi at the party. 
Uh, and we cut to the control room and Catherine is in there and she seduces this pirate dude and kills him. Yeah. And again, I was like, so is Catherine real? Catherine's a go, go, what? She's definitely corporeal at this point. Yeah. But the other thing that I think is crazy is like, this is an extremely well attended party at this gym, which until like, or not until as of late has been actively trying to kill several of its members. Yeah. It's like the Cabot Cove gym. The Cabot Cove of gyms. And everybody's like super chill of like, you know, oh, someone tried to get, someone got killed on the diving board. Someone, two people got murdered in the basement. A bunch of us were in the shower and the tiles tried to kill us. Well, I don't think anyone knows about the basement yet, but everyone was there for the shower. The diving board. The ribs guy. The sauna. The ribs guy. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, how is anyone still here? And everyone's just like, nah, I'm definitely going to show up and drink champagne and eat sushi. That seems like a cool party. Um... So then we see the lawyer in a skeleton costume taking something in an office. And as uh, someone in the jester costume shows up, he hits it with he hits that person with a with a trophy or something. And I'm like, well, you just killed your partner. Yep, for sure. And he runs away. Well, at first I forgot they were sharing a costume and I was like, he just killed the partner. Oh, he didn't know he killed the partner. Right. So, uh, Lara is the blind woman is getting tied up by Catherine, uh, who is a corporeal ghost at this point. And we cut to the cops who have come to the party and the man cop is like aggressively hitting all these women. And it's like, all right, number one, that woman is 22 and you are 60. Number two, look at yourself and look at her. And number three, you are here working, sir. You're on the clock, buddy. Yeah. And so we get a... A set up to death by tanning bed. It's the first time we've ever seen a tanning bed in this movie. So now we know right. that there's in the last 20, the, a tanning bed exists in this gym. Also, did you catch that the pirate guy like suddenly had a dog face for no reason? I said I have the beholder makeup from oh. the Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but he the, had this like real weird face for a second. Well, because as he goes to kiss Catherine, she like puts her hand on his face and pushes and you hear like bones crack and he screams and i'm like what just happened yeah and apparently what happened is he turned into a pig face Uh, but yeah like like you said lara is tied to a tanning bed she's getting burnt Uh, and the the lawyer had snuck off with a woman into the sauna yeah and it turns out the sauna is completely low tech yeah there's no there's no computer it's just hot coals and water and they're canoodling and then suddenly get stabbed through the face what happened to him? Because I literally, like, was writing a note, heard an explosion, looked up, saw his face, was like, oh, let me back up 10 seconds and see what happened. I don't know. He gets, he gets randomly stabbed through the face and it just, like, turns into jello. Yeah. Um, and then the walls start caving in. And, like, rattling and stuff. And then this is where it, the Catherine ghost at the computer switches to David. And I was like, what's happening? I think it's supposed to represent like they're fighting for control of this body, but it's not done well. Yeah. With like, like I said, with a couple more days of work on a script and a more competent director that like wasn't trying to shoot naked ladies, I feel like this movie would be watchable. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, so David runs away. Michael. Michael runs away and just like dive bombs his way through the tanning bed door, like just yeah. shatters the glass. And upon seeing laura in the tanning bed his first thought is let me ungag you right no hey hey pal get her out of there step one hand step two legs yeah, yeah. or no step one drag her body out of the tanning bed. well i think she's tied to that. it oh okay i think that's what we were supposed to glean 
And that's why when this is when I wrote this film is more of an incomplete than it is a failure. Yeah. So she's uh Catherine is like real mad now because he went to save Lara. So she kills one party guest and she threatens to kill all the party guests. Um and then we cut to like stuff just starts going awry. We see Blender Girl again and her hand is being like absorbed and eaten by the blender cuz she the cop is like trying to desperately pull it off her arm and it won't come off and it just keeps like going further and further up her forearm. They also give her give him a line of dialogue. It's like it's unplugged. And I was like, yeah. "Thanks, movie." I'm glad you felt that needed clarification. (laughs) There is, like, literally a bathtub full of blood in this sequence. It's so much blood. And also, like, they're still at a part, like, no one's, I think there's a couple people at the edge of the room, but there's a moment where the camera shows the opposite, like, the other um, perspective, and you can see people in the shot, and, like, no one does a damn thing, and then the cop gets sucked into the freezer, and no one, again, does anything or says anything. He gets attacked by pills and seltzer that are in the fridge, which I kind of liked. And then dead fish. The fish like talks first and then um, is this when it stabs him? Yeah. Yeah. Or bites his jugular. It's this like fish carcass. It's like the head attached to the the bone, the the spine and the tail. And it just like slides off this thing straight straight at his neck and like chews it. It's so ridiculous. It's 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 a real delight. Uh, Then we find out the partner didn't die from getting bludgeoned with a trophy. And the uh, detective, the lady detective, picks her up and, like, takes her somewhere. Um, And then... (sighs) At this point, the club is just, like, absolute mayhem. Like, we're just cutting between insane death versus after insane death. none of the leads seem to have that energy. No, but because they're just killing extras. But my favorite is that, like, so the Catherine is like, I will kill everyone here. And then, like, disappears or whatever. And then, like, you hear awful things, and David just, like, picks up Lara and, like, slowly walks out of the room. And then we cut to, like, fast pace, fast pace, fast pace. And then the detective is like, hey, you're bleeding. Let's take you to a bathroom, and I'll find my partner. And they slowly walk into a bathroom. I'm like, what? My favorite is this woman who gets, who's standing in front of a mirror. It is my 100% find this scene and watch only this the, the, 30 the seconds. Whole, and I think everything in the club rules, but this mirror starts like vibrating and basically turns into liquid and then it explodes. And it's like the very obvious dummy death, but like, it's basically a scarecrow. Yeah. It gets like destroyed, but it cuts to ribbons by this exploding mirror. And it's just amazing. It's not even as it's, it doesn't even look like broken glass was thrown at her face. No, it, it just looks like they were like, let's fill the sleeves and a balloon with jello and put it yep. on a, 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 bo- a broom pole and uh-huh. then just blast it with air. And cause that's what happens. She just goes, she just like, you hear her scream and then her arms and head just fall off her body. And like an, ex- like a gust of air and red water. It's as if you popped a bag of soup. Yeah. Um, so Michael like fries the computer in an attempt to kill Catherine. And meanwhile, the whole club is on fire. And so, again what is this pacing he yeah. he expl- he's like i'm gonna fry her well no first he like he carries he like st- stumbles lara to the computer and was like it's locked can you walk this will be faster and i was like again that's not something that needed a clarifying movie right and so they go to the power thing and he like is like i'm gonna electrocute the computer and so he does that and uh catherine electrocutes and falls down dead or whatever and then we cut to just all this pandemonium, close-ups on dead bodies, 
all this stuff. And I was like, he just won. Why is this? Like, this should have been five minutes ago. Right, right. And so then they go into the computer room. The detective is like, enough of this shit. Bang, 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 bang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they go in and Catherine tries to attack Lara and the detective is like, no, and just shoots her a lot. And they're like, I will say uh, we're also going pretty quick here, which is fine. But the fire effects in this sequence, I think, are really great. Like as Catherine keeps getting angrier and like making it burn more, it looks really cool. I agree. But then so like we now have Lara and Michael and the detective and now Ken Forey are all in this room. They're like, oh, I'm so glad you're okay, Ken Forey. And he's like, I'm glad you're okay, too. And I'm like, none of you are okay. This building is on fire. (laughs) Yes. No one is okay. I also like they do the thing where like the bad guy sits up like Catherine slash David like sits up and Michael tears off the arm of the corpse and then the cop shoots it somewhere as he's like hitting it with its own arm. Uh, And so like they run out and the, the uh, fire people show up. And so I guess we're supposed to assume everyone got saved. Yeah. And then they give because this movie is so bad, what I find to be the most offensive sequel tease ever on film, which is when she pops up, she's like, you didn't beat me, Michael, or whatever the hell she says. Nonsense. But then her eyeball explodes. Whatever. I didn't think. It, I'm saying I don't think it was a sequel setup because I think it's like the pop up and then the eyeball goes and it's like, oh, oh, you, oh I don't know, maybe. I thought that was a hilarious way to end. Uh, final thoughts. It's not good. It's like not even like fun. Bad. It's just bad. I disagree. I I I felt like this was a good fun bad movie, but maybe I just have a higher tolerance for like slow bullshit than you do. I don't have a see, my thing is that like as long as it's coherent I sure. can get I can forgive a lot but like the movie's not coherent and like there's yeah. so much that doesn't make sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I just think like the last sequence is so fun that it makes the other stuff a little more tolerable and I also think that like they do a decent job of peppering in some death scenes and things that get interesting as it goes along. This is also definitely a movie that would have been on at like one o'clock in the morning on like an HBO or whatever. And I would have yeah. totally watched it when I was 12. So that like th- this definitely is that sort of AMC um, 31 nights of Halloween. Yes. This would have been cheap filler. In that I movie. wish they still did that. I don't have a cable anymore, so it doesn't really affect me, but I know. But like for me, that was like a big thing. Like I watched, a, I watched so many movies for the first time through that. Me too. Me too. Didn't you set a, an alarm to watch? That's how I watched Halloween six. I oh. woke up at like four in the morning. Is that the one uh, with um, Paul Man Who Won't Age? Yes, thank you. Yes. Um, I, I'm going to give this a, a soft recommend. I think if you can find it, you should check it out. It is it is harder. It's not streaming anywhere right now. But the last half hour is awesome. So if you can just watch that segment alone, I think your time. I don't know. It's short, so like blessedly so. But it's just, I don't know. It's too incoherent for me. Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening to the show. Uh, we really appreciate the support. Uh, we be back in two weeks. But before we tell you what's next, I do want to let you know uh, just a couple quick things. One, it was really effective last time when I was mean about it. We got a new review. So I'm going to do it again and just say, hey, review the dang show. Okay, you can do it. Stop being lazy. Go review the show. Go review the show. If you haven't done it yet, stop being lazy and review the show. Good grief. It's not that hard. We got two new reviews from me being mean. So I'm guessing this is the new strategy. You've all done this to yourself by, by making this work. Um, the first one is from Mon Percasso. Uh, it's four stars, and it says, This is a good show. Not terrific, not great, but worth your time if you enjoy podcasts about film and cinema. It's in my top six for movie podcasts. The hosts are quite amiable, and they generally do their research before turning on their mics. If you're going to 
discuss movies, take notes, and do your homework. So they know what they want to say before they record the show. Kudos to you fellas for that. Though these two have been doing this cast for some time, they occasionally sound a bit unpolished, but not to the point of being unbearable. In fact, sometimes it's charming. You feel like you're just hanging out. Every once in a while, they get into a deep dive and it can drag a bit, but that doesn't happen very often, nor does it last long. The hosts are engaging, funny, thoughtful, and generally have good insights into the films they choose. As with all podcasts, I've listened to six episodes before writing this review, just to be fair. It's worth my time to listen. Give the show a try. That is incredibly thorough feedback. Thank yeah. you for yeah, I like I, like I think first instinct and in reading something like that you're like hey but I think that's like insightful criticism I appreciate this person like taking the time to write something like that um I think it's I agree mostly accurate we do we do do some research second review uh, is from Mon oh huh <laughs> I'm an idiot that re- review came in on Monday the person's name is Perk Casso <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I was just saying how polished we were. This review also came in on Monday, uh, so a couple weeks ago from when you're hearing it. But uh, it's from Spence881, and it says, My favorite brothers, five stars. One of the first movie podcasts I discovered, and also one of my faves. Trip and Andrew are a great duo, taking us on a journey of crazy 80s movies. Even when they cover a movie like horror that I would never watch, I still listen to the episode because I enjoy hearing their discussion and hilarious insight. Military Bullets. Uh, thank you so much to both of you for those reviews. Uh, we really appreciate them. And since it was effective, I'm going to just double down and be in a jerk about it. Hey, you review the show. Send us a screenshot if it's not on iTunes. Thank you. Uh, find us at dissectingthe80s.com. You have links to all the episodes and all that stuff you'd ever want there. We are also on Facebook. You can find us at dissectingthe80s. And you can also find us on Twitter at dissectthe80s. I'm usually pretty quick to respond to there. Uh, and lastly, but not leastly, check out the Patreon. Patreon.com slash dissectingthe80s. Uh, there's a bunch of great tiers with a bunch of great stuff. Everything from the $2 level all the way up to the crazy $88 level. If you want to get yourself a vinyl record of the show, that's how you do that. So check that out. Patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s. We will be back in two weeks. The spooktacular is over, but this show continues with the Wraith, which I believe is celebrating an anniversary. Uh, I don't think about the Wraith. It just seems like a fun bonkers movie. I saw a trailer for it and wanted to squeeze it into the schedule, basically. Uh, we also have on the Patreon, when you're hearing this, our episode about the Lost Boys is up. So if you'd like to hear us talking about that uh, 80s cult classic, go to patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s and sign up at the $5 tier or higher. So thank you all for listening to the show. I've been Trip Lano. I will always be Andrew Lano. Until November 4th. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. <laughs> <laughs>